Science of Deduction, Sherlock Holmes for the 21st Century, Episode 5, The Old Elm, adapted by Alexa Chipman from Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Sherlock, it's bad enough you use a mantle for knife throwing practice. Stop blowing holes in the bloody wall. If I have to explain to Mrs. Hudson one more time... <sighs> Bored. And this, this is our dining table, not a flat surface for chemistry experiments. At least the butter is still... Duh! Sherlock! Mmm? There is an ear in the butter dish. Where else would it be? Where is the butter? I had it with toast this morning. The butter, that is, not the ear. I would give anything for even the smallest of problems. I recall the case of Vanbury's Vineyard held some fascination, not to mention the Tarleton murders, and they came at a particularly dry patch. Sherlock, people being safe from murder is not a dry patch. It's called civilization. And crime, John, is imagination, unlike your blog. I saw 14 spelling errors on your latest post. At least you read my blog now. I'm dreadfully bored, as I pointed out. Another day, I might be perusing the train schedule as you insist upon. There is nothing wrong with being on time. I hate standing about in the tube. Last week there was a bloke with a cat that got loose that nearly scratched my eye out. Hmm. I do believe yonder fellow will be calling. Down on the street. The one waiting to cross in the brown coat. He's quite the aristocrat. Bit priggish, though. I do believe what you set down as pride is an attempt to cover extreme natural diffidence. His languid yet courtly manners place him in one of the oldest families in Great Britain, which separated out in the 16th century and established itself in western Sussex, where the family manor house of Hurlstone is perhaps the oldest continuously inhabited building in the county. How do you do it? Astounding. All from a quick glance. I was also at uni with him for four years. We fell into conversation a few times about the venerable wreckage and upkeep at the old place. Terribly expensive, the heating alone. Jolly good to see you, Sherlock. Keeping well, I trust. All has gone well with you, I see. John Watson, his flatmate. And you get on with him? Barely. That is astonishing. I take it you did not come to reminisce about the old times. I hear you are turning your powers to practical ends these days, living by your wits, as it were. When worthy problems come to my attention? I have come to ask you for your valuable advice. The police are unable to explain some odd events at the manor. Hardly surprising. What's been going on? You ought to know. I'm a trifle lazy. I adore cleaning... And as for cooking, <laughs> Sherlock can attest to my failures on that score. The estate is so large that I hired a cleaning service to come out once a week and finally gave in to hire a housekeeper who keeps the place tollable and rips up some nos. Her name is Rhiannon Burton. With the economy the way it is, I had no trouble finding her quite willing to put up my eccentricities. Given how large the manor is, she practically has an entire wing to herself. Quite invaluable, though. Of great energy and character. A young woman? No, 40 at least. Yet still of her own sort of elegant beauty. Not that it influenced my hiring of her. Of course not. She really is quite extraordinary. Can speak several languages 
and playing nearly every musical instrument. I can hear them sometimes when walking about the house and grounds. I see. What was wrong with her? Sherlock. Her endless stream of boyfriends. She was good about not dragging them about the place, but she seemed to have a new date every week. That is all very well in town, but in the quiet country district? She must have been with every bloke in driving distance by now. She was even engaged once to a young farmer. I do believe the latest is a Welshman, Owen. Good sort, but of an excitable temperament. You would think that was enough drama to be getting on with. You seem a trifle jealous. Certainly not, that is. She saw you as her employer, not as a potential boyfriend. <sighs> yes, I suppose that was it. And she is at the manor now? That is what I came to speak with you about. Raina was clever, with an insatiable curiosity about everything. I had no idea the lengths to which he would go until last Thursday. I drank too much coffee right before turning in, so at half two after a restless night, I gave it up as hopeless and went downstairs to find my Kindle to continue a novel I was reading. I'd left it in the study, so I set off to get it. You can imagine my surprise when I saw a glimmer of light coming from the open door of the library. Naturally, I thought it was burglars. I availed myself of an antique weapon from the display in the hall and crept on tiptoe to the study door. It has to be here somewhere. Ha! Here it is. How dare you! Those are personal family documents. You have no right to break into my study to steal them. Uh, I... it, it isn't... So this is how you repay my trust. I'm posting a request for a new housekeeper online tonight to replace But you. I... I've worked so hard for you. Out. Now! We will speak of this further in the morning. <laughs> What was the paper? To my surprise, nothing of any importance at all. There's an old family joke known as the Musgrave Ritual that eats air completed on turning 18. It is of little interest, save to an archaeologist, and of no practical use whatsoever. Do you have a copy with you? No, as I said, it is merely a quaint set of questions and answers. At breakfast, she cooked an elaborate meal, perhaps attempting to win me over. Mr. Musgrave, please. I'll never find a job if I have a black mark against me here. I've got no family to go to. Please, give me another month to find a new job, but rather than casting me out on the street. But I do not want to ruin you forever. I can give you one week. Only a week? Oh, please. I'll never find a job that quickly. You're lucky to have that. I could go to the police for this, you know. The poor girl. I must say, she surpassed herself, scrubbing and making the most splendid dishes. Yet on the third morning she did not appear. I came down for breakfast and found no sign of Raina. After hunting the cupboards for some Weetabix, I tried to ring her. No response. Thinking perhaps she was with her latest boyfriend, Owen Howells, I rang him. He sounded rather poorly and said he was ill, but had not seen her. Had her room been used that night? No, the 
bed was still made and there was no sign of a hasty exit. All the things were still there. Even her computer was sitting on the desk charging. What about her wellies? It has been wet weather lately. Still by the door. She had not gone out. Being a light sleeper, I would have heard a car leave if she called a cab. Did you search the house? The manor is a bit of a labyrinth, yet I ransacked every room and cellar without discovering a sign of her. I called in the local police without success. The area was sodden from the rain, but there was no tracks on the paths around the house. That was when the third curious event occurred. Owen Howells went missing. How did you know? His illness. Did it lead to a form of hysteria or sudden depression? A few days after Rainer vanished, he broke out of the hospital where he'd been admitted and rushed off. His footprints were easy to follow, but they went to the edge of a swamp and vanished. The police tried to recover the body, but all they found was a bag of rubbish with bits of rusted metal and glass. Please, Sherlock, if you can help find Owen or Rainer, I would be ever so grateful. After pleading to stay longer, she would never willingly left on her own, especially leaving all possessions behind. I cannot help but feel responsible for all this. By any chance, have you had your family documents digitised for safekeeping? Of course. I had done it last year. They're in the cloud. Can you access them from John's computer? Not again. Here it is, the Musgrave Ritual. It is absurd, as you can see. Whose was it? His who is gone. Who shall have it? He who will come. Where is the sun? Over the oak. Where was the shadow? Under the elm. How was it stepped? North by ten, and by ten east. By five, and by five south. By two, and by two west. By one, and by one, and so under. What shall we give for it? All that is ours. Why should we give it? For the sake of the trust. That is odd. No date either. The spelling indicates 17th century. I do not see how this is of any help. Ah, but it gives us a second mystery, which is even more interesting than the first. And it may be that the solution of the one may prove to be the resolution of the other. Rainer indeed appears to be rather clever, with clearer insight than ten generations. It is a child's game, impractical. On the contrary, it is not only immensely practical, but I dare say she had studied it many times before the night on which you caught her. She simply wished to refresh her memory a final time. Did she have a mobile with her at the time? Yes, it had a map app open on satellite view. She was not contacting anyone. John, when is the next train down to Sussex? In about two hours. Pack your bags. At last, a problem worthy of my attention. Lovely old house. I can see what you mean about it being a labyrinth, though. Tell me, are there any ancient oaks or elms on the estate? There, on the left of the drive, is an oak planted at the time of the Norman Conquest. As for elms, I'm afraid the only one was over there. It was struck by lightning right after I left for uni, and we cut it down to a stump. 
Any other old trees? Plenty of beeches. Do you wish to enter the house? I can... How high was the elm? 64 feet. How could you possibly know that? My father was obsessed with trigonometry, and we worked out every tree and building on the estate. That is a bit of luck. Tell me, did Rayner ever ask you that? Well, come to think of it, yes. How odd. John, do you still have the crisps from the train? Yes. Just the pin holding the top, please. Reginald, fetch me your fishing rod, and do hurry. I don't follow. The rod is exactly six feet high, as I recall, from holidays here. By calculating its shadow, I can then extrapolate the shadow length of the original elm. Here you are. Aha! As I suspected, my calculations have brought me near the house. As you can see by the indent in the path, another peg was used to mark this spot. Raina! She was trying to follow the instructions of the ritual. We now proceed from here, following the answer guide from the Musgrave ritual. An old door, almost overgrown with ivy. And recently cleared. This can't be the place. It's only an empty room. Impossible. Wait, we forgot. And under. Of course. Is there a cellar under the house? Yes, I believe I could find the area directly under this room if I concentrate. Here, I am certain of it. As well you should be. The debris has been cleared to reveal a trapdoor. By Jove, that's her mobile, and her gold scarf tied to the iron ring. Should we attempt to move it? Lend me a hand. <laughs> Sherlock, I could use your help. <clears throat> it seems to be a small chamber. Let me find my torch app. There we are. I can see steps. Follow me. Nothing here but an empty box and... Oh, bloody... No! Raina! No bruises or wounds. Seems to be contorted around the box. <gasps> I drove her to this! It wasn't your fault. Come on, let's go ring the police. Raina! And how do you explain the stone falling magically back in place if it was suicide, Mr. Musgrave? I... I don't know. 
It's all quite logical, if you consider the personal equation, as the astronomers have dubbed it. Rayner believed something valuable was concealed on the estate and expertly found the place. She discovered that the heavy stone couldn't be moved unaided. Where would she turn? To someone she trusted, a man devoted to her. Together, she and Owain came at night to the cellar, and their united force was able to raise the stone. It was no light matter, though. It took all three of us to move it aside, and for two the only way would have been to slowly raise it up and use cast-off wood from the cellar to prop it up. Foolish theory. How could you possibly know they used wood? I came upon several pieces with a marked indentation on one end, and others flattened at the sides as if compressed by a considerable weight. Very well. So the two managed to access the chamber. How did Rain die according to you? Simple. She was excited about discovering the box and went down while Owen kept watched above. It was easier to hand up the treasure first before ascending the narrow dark stairway. That, I fear, is when human nature took over. With her out of the way, Owen could take the gold and run. Indeed. I also believe jealousy is a powerful motivator. With her string of lovers, he may have believed, and perhaps accurately, that she was only using him. With a dash of his hand, Owen most likely sent a slab off its supports and back into place, dashing off into the night with his ill-gotten reward. And he was taken ill out of guilt, horrified by what he'd done, leaving her to die buried alive. As Reginald pointed out, he seemed to be a good sort of chap, yet prone to rash passion. His action of the moment may later have driven him mad. And what of the treasure? All I saw of a few old coins scattered about. Coins of Charles I. As for the treasure, where is that bag of rubbish you found? In a dustbin. It clearly wasn't connected evidence and had been in the swamp many years. What led you to that conclusion? The metal was rusted. The glass bits were almost black with slime. Amateurs. He is intolerable at times. Why is he always rifling through dustbins? Gentlemen, I bring you the crown of Charles I. <sighs> I told you it's only some old rubbish. Look, the metal's almost black. John, may I see your coat for a moment? Oi, I paid 20 quid for it, and not to be used as a rag. As you can see, this old metal is gold. The dull glass bits, when rubbed, sparkle like Christmas lights in a dark room. By Jove, that's a diamond! Your ancestor, Sir Ralph Musgrave, was a prominent cavalier and right-hand man of Charles II. How does the ritual run? Whose was it? His who is gone. After the execution... Who shall have it? He who will come. Charles II. How did it end up in swamp? Owain, unlike Rayner or myself, he never saw the true value of this bag. He saw cast-off bits of metal. Not the crown of the ancient kings of England. He thought he'd murdered her for nothing. That's how it would appear to him. Eager to be rid of the evidence, he flung it into the swamp. As for Owain, I believe time will be the surest punishment for his crime. Don't you worry, Sherlock. I can take it from here. He killed an innocent girl. I won't rest until he is behind bars. 
What should I do with the crown? To quote a famous relic hunter, it belongs in a museum. Featuring the voice talent of Terry Cooper as Sherlock Holmes, David MacGyver as John Watson, Gareth Bowley as Inspector Lestrade, Lee James Sands as Reginald Musgrave, Tegan Harris as Raina Brunton. Music by Kevin MacLeod of Incompetech.com. This is a Misfits Audio production. Please visit MisfitsAudio.com for more information. Released under a Creative Commons Attribution No Derivatives 3.0 license in 2020.